The Atlanta Braves offense was really good in 2022 and has been for several years now. One of the best in all of baseball. But there's one stat that I believe must improve in order for them to take another step and to have more success in the postseason as well. And I think they should be targeting this type of bat that will help them improve what I think is their biggest flaw on offense, and that obviously being the lack of contact and strikeouts. We're going to talk about that stat and how the Braves can improve, what players struggle the most with that. We'll also get to some news and some of your comments as well. All of that on this episode of Lockdown Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Locked On Braves, and happy Thanksgiving. Thanks, as always, for listening to Locked On Braves, which is part of the Locked On Sports Atlanta network, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. Make sure you're subscribed to the Locked On Sports Atlanta page on YouTube. Make sure you download the Locked On Sports Atlanta app on Roku and Amazon Fire devices. As always, I am your host, Jake Amastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Follow the podcast on Twitter as well at Locked on underscore Braves, sending any questions, comments, or feedback that you have for the podcast. I'm always asking questions there from the podcast uh, Twitter page and then incorporating those into the show as well so you can continue to be part of the show, whether you're joining me live or whether I read your comments out. I enjoy all the interaction that this podcast brings with Braves country. Also, make sure that you subscribe to us on YouTube if you're new. And if you're watching this video, do me a favor and hit that thumbs up button and that notification bell. And thanks, as always, for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of each and every day. Continue to post episodes daily throughout the post or throughout the uh, offseason and hopefully well into next year's postseason as well. What we're going to talk about tonight is I want to dive into one stat that I think must improve for the Braves in 2023 in order for them to get to that next level and get back into the postseason and have some postseason success. Uh, we're going to take your comments as well. I asked the question on Twitter, what do you think is the one stat that must improve? We'll get to those later in the show as well. Thank you so much for joining me on this Thanksgiving evening. Uh, appreciate all, all the support that you give the show. Appreciate everybody who reached out and said, Happy Thanksgiving. See some in the chat already. William, happy Thanksgiving to you. Um, thanks to all those who are, who are joining me here tonight. But I want to start doing this maybe on a weekly basis here while things are kind of slow, although I, ex I expect news to pick up next week. But I really want to dive into the stats from last year and look at some of those that I think they need to improve on so you can start looking for those types of players this off this offseason to help improve on these numbers. And the one stat for me that I think has to improve in 2023 is contact percentage. And there's a couple of other numbers that go along with this that I'm going to talk about. But contact percentage in particular, listen to this. The Braves were 29th in the league, next to last in contact percentage at 74.8%. Next to last in the league in contact percentage. Now, that makes sense when you realize the Braves had the second most strikeouts 
in all of baseball next to last in contact percentage. I was shocked when I, when I looked at this stat, I knew they weren't, you know, obviously I knew there's a lot of swing and miss in their game, a lot of strikeouts, but next to last in contact percentage that has to improve going forward. And there's some reasons why I, I think this must improve. And one thing I, I want to qualify this with before I really dive into the, the specifics and the numbers, this Braves offense is great. It's one of the best in baseball, you know, top five, top five offense overall. There's no doubt about that, but I think this is more for when you get to the postseason. And look, we saw the Braves in 2021 get hot and they rode, you know, to home runs to a World Series championship. But, you know, honestly, that's not always going to happen in the postseason. You're going to need more contact oriented bats, players who can put the ball in play when they need to. And you can't be next into last in the league in that category. You look at the contact percentage stat, nine of the 12 playoff teams were in the top 15 in contact percentage. The only three that weren't in the top 15, the Yankees were at 21, the Rays were at 23, and then the Braves at 29. And if you're looking for a good model, you want to look at the the previous uh, World Series champion, the Houston Astros were second in all of baseball in contact percentage. So that right there should tell you it's a pretty important stat now some stats that go along with this chase percentage and uh outside of the zone swing percentage the braves had the were third worst in baseball with a 34.8 percent o swing percentage so swinging at pitches outside of the zone five of 18 five of the top eight teams in o swing percentage made the postseason the three teams that didn't were arizona milwaukee and san francisco and they had pretty decent seasons houston was 14th and Philadelphia was 26. So keep that in mind. We're talking about swinging at pitches outside of the zone. Houston was 14th. Phillies were 26. That's not great either, but here is the big difference. The difference with Atlanta and Houston and Philadelphia is that Houston and Philadelphia made contact with those pitches outside of the zone. The Braves were 27th in O contact percentage, making contact with pitches outside the zone while Houston was fifth and Philadelphia was 13th. And, you know, like I said, Braves chased a lot of pitches out of the zone and they did not make a lot of contact with those pitches out of the zone. Whereas Houston and Philadelphia, they chased a good amount of pitches out of the zone, but they made contact with those pitches a lot of the time. So that's a big difference there. It's not just chasing the pitches outside of the zone, but not being able to get a barrel on those pitches, not being able to at least put them in play. The big difference between the Braves and some of the other top teams in the league. You look at six of the top eight teams in O contact percentage made the postseason. So again, not making contact, not being, you know, chasing pitches outside the zone. Pitchers are really good in baseball. You're going to chase pitches, but you got to be able to try to get a bat on some of those balls. And a lot of that comes from the fact that the Braves offense is do or die on the home run. We know this. I've talked about it for years with this Braves offense. They're going to live and die by the home run ball. We know that they're not shortening up with two strikes. They're not trying to reach out of the zone to make weak contact with that pitch with two strikes. They're trying to do damage with each and every swing, and it's why they're second in the league in average exit velocity and second in the league in hard hit percentage. So, again, 
they hit the ball hard. It's just at what point do you sacrifice that a little bit to make more contact? And I think that's the adjustment the Braves are going to have to make. And look, that's their game. They want to hit home runs. They're one of the best at doing it. It's why they score a lot of runs. But I think when you get into the postseason and in order to have consistent success and even throughout the regular season, it seems like this offense can tell off at times. And a lot of that's because when the home run balls aren't coming, we saw that earlier in the year. We had a lot of talk about the baseballs not traveling. The Braves weren't getting those home runs early in the year for whatever reason. The the cold air, the baseballs changing. Um, they just weren't getting those home runs, and they're struggling to score runs consistently. And I think we see that with this Braves offense, and that's one of the comments I got uh, from our listeners on Twitter that I'm going to talk about later is the fact that they struggle to score when they don't have the home run ball. And I think you know one way to help that is to make more of an effort on making contact. So that's my one stat for me. It's contact percentage. Need to see that improve. And a lot of that, I think, is because of the, the shift going away. I think it's going to become even more important to put the ball in play. All right, next, I want to take a look at the hitters who struggled with this and some who had uh, who were good with putting the ball in play. And we'll talk about those players next. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, and analysis to get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, they've got it all at BetOnline. You have the World Cup going on right now as well. And if you love sports podcasts as much as you love this one, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix responsibly. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. So I talked about my biggest stat that I need to see improved in 2023 is the contact percentage. So let's look at the players who struggled with this the most. And might surprise you, may not. Michael Harris was worst in terms of qualified players for the Braves. He was in the seventh percentile in chase percentage. Travis Darno, 13th percentile. Marcelo Zuna, 20th percentile. Hopefully, he won't be a part of the equation next year. Austin Riley, 43rd percentile. Contreras at, 40, at 54th percentile. And Olsen at 57th percentile. So, not terrible, though, for those guys, but not in the red when you look at the baseball savant page. In terms of players who were above average, uh, Dansby Swanson was in the 66th percentile in, in um, chase percentage. Acuna was 77th percentile, and then Robbie Grossman, who they had for you know two months, was in the 98th percentile. So again, a lot more bad than good, obviously, for Braves hitters when it comes to chasing pitches outside of the zone. But again, it's not just necessarily chasing those pitches; it's making contact when you chase those pitches. That is really you know the big struggle for me, and I think for this Braves offense at times. You look at K percentage as well that plays into this. Not a single Braves player had a positive percentile or something in the red percentile on Baseball Savant in K percentage. That's that's not great. Night again, this offense works. It scores runs in the regular season. It's boomer bust. It's home run or strikeout. There's no walks. There's not a big emphasis on on base percentage, and it works over the course of the regular season. But can that always prove to be successful in the postseason? I think you got to find 
a little bit of both. You obviously need the home runs in the postseason. And again, it's why the Braves were able to win a championship in 2021. But you want to find that happy medium where you got the power, but you also are, have the ability to put the ball in play and make that part of your game as well when it makes sense. So I think you got to start tailoring that more towards your lineup. You look at uh, whiff percentage, only Grossman and Acuna weren't in the blue on Baseball Servant for whiff percentage. So, again, just a ton of swing and miss in the Braves games. And, you know, can – and this is the big question because – Again, I want to be very clear. This Braves offense is good. It's one of the best in baseball. They score runs. They do, they're do. they really great at what they do well, and that's hit home runs, hit doubles, get extra base hits. That's what this lineup was primarily built to do. But can they make the adjustment to make more contact while not losing that elite level power? You know, to me, that's the... That's the key for this next step. And for me, that's what the Houston Astros have done so well for so long. Look, you want to talk about the 2017 team and, and maybe, you know, they were cheating before that and maybe even some after. But one thing I do know about the Houston Astros for a long time now is that everybody up and down their lineup has power and just about everybody up and down their lineup can put the ball in play. It's trying to find that unique balance of how having players who have good plate discipline, get on base, don't swing and miss a lot, but also generate a lot of power. And yeah, you know, that's hard to find and it's hard to come by and have a full lineup of that. But again, I'm talking about taking this offense to the next level and getting this offense to a point where we don't get in a postseason series like we did against the Phillies and they just, they couldn't do anything without the home run. It was so frustrating watching that offense in the postseason where it's just, you know, there was no ability to, to get on base, to, to work counts and to put a, a rally together. They were just waiting on, you know, that home run ball and hoping that some runners were on base when those home runs came. So that's what I'm looking for for this offense to kind of take them to a, another level and even more elite level of offense. And then something, you know, that I think could become important does banning the shift change the approach of some of these hitters. You know, I think just in general, talking about somebody in Matt Olson, who, again, I want to, I want to profile and go into more specifics of why I think the shift going away will help him have an even bigger 2023, which I thought he was going to anyway before the rule change. But, you know, he's somebody who makes a, a ton of hard contact, but, you know, can get on top of it and pull it uh, to the, to the right side for an easy out, you know, for a team, playing the shift but just overall i'm curious if we see a change of approach in some of these braves hitters who uh, do try to put the ball in play because of the shift going away maybe some more of those balls sneak through or they continue to be you know an all or nothing power or nothing approach at the plate and particularly with two strikes do we ever really see a braves hitter change their approach with two strikes and you know again they're really great at what they do. They hit a lot of home runs. That's what Alex Anthopoulos and the Braves have built with this lineup. But at some point, you need to have players who recognize the situation and know when all they need to do is put the ball in play and change their approach to do just that. I don't think there's a lot of hitters in this Braves lineup that are either capable of doing it or are willing 
to do it. And again, with the shift kind of going away, I wonder if we see a little bit of a change in approach there, again, specifically with two strikes. So again, that's what I'm looking for when you when you talk about free agents this offseason. And that's why, you know, I've been on the Andrew Benintendi bandwagon this offseason. I don't, you know, Nimmo is obviously a, a pretty solid fit for this as well, but I think he's going to get you know, paid a good amount over 20 million a year. And I don't think the Braves really go for that. And I don't really know that I would for Nimmo, but I think Benintendi somebody that would be a lot cheaper who, you know, is a good on base guy, puts the ball in play, can give you, you know, 15 to 20 home run power at his peak. So again, gives you a little bit of both and gives you a different dynamic in this offense. That's why I'm not as high on somebody like a Mitch Hanniger, who is more of just all or nothing i mean you might be able to get them a little bit cheaper but it really doesn't give you a different dimension to this offense it's kind of more the same so when i'm looking at at players specifically for left field because i think it's dansby or bust at shortstop i'm looking for somebody who's going to give a little bit you know different approach at the plate somebody who is going to work the count take some walks put the ball in play and have an emphasis on putting the ball in play so that's what i think the braves should be looking for this soft season when trying to fill some of their holes offensively but let me know in the comments you agree disagree are you fine with how the offense navigates now do you think it makes a difference in the postseason because again I, i'm i'm willing to admit they won a world series with this all or nothing type of approach but you really got to be hot and hot at the right time and swinging the bats good at the right time to do what they did in 2021. I think if you want a more well-balanced and consistent offense, you got to have a team that has that power, but's also willing to make a concerted effort to put the ball in play and not strike out as much. All right, next, I want to get to some news and uh, Ron Acuna Jr. update as well. He continues to rack up some hits in the Venezuelan league and then get to your comments on what you think the one stat is the Braves need to improve on in 2023. A little bit of news from around the league on this Thanksgiving day. Jacob Webb signs a minor league deal with the Angels. I've always loved Jacob Webb. I thought he had the potential to be a really solid bullpen arm for the Braves, but injuries have really kind of messed him up the last couple of years. So I'm glad it's the Angels that picked him up. Perry Manassian over there just does not sleep. He didn't even take a break for Thanksgiving, making a deal on Thanksgiving day as well. I really hope Jacob Webb kind of gets it going and puts it all together over there with the Angels. And then Ronald Acuna Jr. went two for four, a couple of singles in his second full game in the Venezuelan League of scheduled five games that he's supposed to play at DH. He's four for eight so far with three singles and a home run, a couple of strikeouts as well. So great to see Acuna. Again, look, the competition is what it is, but uh, glad to see him going over there, having success, having some fun. Certainly think that's great and great that he's able to do that for his hometown team in Venezuela. All right, a couple of comments from Twitter. Josh Hutchins, Hutchins says, got to cut down on the strikeouts. We talked about that, second most strikeouts in all of baseball. Uh, Whit Price, similar, says strikeout rates, the one stat that must improve for the Braves. It's so interesting. I asked this question, and just about everybody, or I think everybody, um, says you know one stat that must improve is on the offensive side. When the Braves' offense was top five, in all of baseball last year, just about everybody points to the offense as something that needs to improve. Uh, Caleb Koo says on base percentage. And 
I was actually a little shocked to see the Braves were ninth in all of baseball with a 317 on base percentage, just two points behind the Astros. A little shocking to me. I thought they would have been much lower. Um, but I do agree. I would love to see them have more of an emphasis on. And I think when you're talking about on base percentage, I think we're talking about walks. Uh, the Braves were 19th in all of baseball in walks percentage. You would love to see them make more of a concerted effort to take those walks, not chase some of those pitches out of the zone and get on base. So when you do get those big home runs, uh, they really, really count. William Fulgham says, hitting with runners in scoring position. I was a little surprised on this one as well, William. Um, I know the Braves have been great at this in the past, but it felt like in 2022 it wasn't the case. But they were sixth in baseball with a 268 batting average with runners in scoring position. Uh, Houston was second at 270. Um, Trent Himes says, think they need to be more successful at scoring runs without the home run ball. And I, I did a little digging on this because I've been curious, but I wasn't sure where to find this. But if you go into baseball reference and you do uh, splits, uh, batting splits by team, and you go down to, I believe it's uh, balls in play, um, there's a, 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 a table for that. And you look at uh, no ball in play, which means, you know, either home runs or strikeouts, basically. And that will tell you that they scored 399 runs off of 242 home runs. That doesn't count the Travis Demerit inside the park is the only one that doesn't count there. That's 399 of their runs uh, of their 789 runs scored were on home runs. So that's more than half of their runs scored were on home runs. So, and, and to that point, and again, I talked about this all through the season. I've talked about this in previous seasons. They have to do a better job of finding ways to score runs when the home run ball isn't coming. And I think you you saw that in this postseason. They just could not string hits together. They couldn't take those walks and then take advantage. And, and the Phillies made errors in that series and gave the Braves some chances. But again, if the home run wasn't there, they just weren't able to capitalize and string hits together and score runs and put the ball in play. So I definitely agree with Trent. I think that is something that has they have to improve on is is being able to score more without the home run ball. Um, Bizarro says day game shenanigans and look the Braves were twenty four and twenty seven in day game so maybe it's not as bad as it seemed but still not great for a division winning team a team that won hundred and one games to just be that bad on day games and it was just so predictable and even in the games they won on those day games and those getaway days, it just seemed like a struggle, particularly for the offense. I don't know what that's about, but definitely want to see that improve next year. All right. And go through the chat section real quick. Hines says, thankful for this podcast, giving me something brave to hold me over till spring training. Thanks, Jake. Appreciate you. Hines. You've been great uh, joining me just about every time we go live this off season, George Smith, happy Thanksgiving to you as well. Um, J.D. Travel says Braves need a first baseman who can hit over 275. I don't know that Matt Olson will hit over 275 next year, but I definitely expect his average to be more in that 270, 275 range, especially with the shift going away. I'm looking for a big 2023 for Matt Olson. Eddie Jenkins, happy holidays to you as well. Matt Jacob says, thankful that the Braves had the best podcast host. You kill it, Jake. I did not read that before I read it out loud, but I do appreciate you saying that. Matt, I appreciate all the support I've gotten uh, on the podcast. JD uh, says, we need Dansby. Acuna is tradable. I do not agree with that at all. I do agree with we need Dansby. Um, Eddie Jenkins, I pull for the Braves in the 
East cards in the central Rockies in the West. I like it. You know, I like if you have other teams to cheer for now, I cheer more for American league teams because the Braves being in the national league, but I like the white Sox because the Birmingham Barons are here at double a. And so I also cheer for the white Sox, And then I cheer for the angels as well, just because I love Mike Trout and watch him every opportunity I get. So I like having different teams to pull for, but obviously the Braves are, are always number one in my heart. Uh, Lewis Murawski says, um, I know we tend to be more of home run strikeout percentage. I was going for anything uh, with an overall hitting baseball percentage, whatever that may be, but contact is basically same idea. Yeah. You can look at it at several, you know, different rate ways. Yes. This, this lineup was built to be home run or strikeout, but again, I think you just need to start looking for players who can do, who who have the home run power, 20, 25 home run power, but also put the ball in play, a strikeout rate, you know, below 20% even. We're not shooting very high here, uh, but players that put the ball in play more often. Um, Hines says, I feel like Manny Pena has LA Angels written all over his face. I think him for Ryan Tapera and their number nine prospect, Jake Madden, would be a stellar move for Atlanta. I believe the Angels have maybe the best catching prospect in baseball, if not one of the best, who's almost ready. And then I um, can't remember the name of the catcher that they have now, but they have him locked up for a couple of years as well. So I think they're fine at catcher, but I do believe Manny Pena is probably going to be on the move at some point. Um, Lewis Murawski said, it really shows how good a hitter can be when he's got that ability to get ahead in the count early on. Braves tend to make those pitchers pay when they have to come back to get that strikeout. Um, and I'm not sure who Lewis is talking about here, but uh, that is something, you know, that's pretty obvious. You get ahead in the count and you get a good pitch to hit. Braves hitters do a great job of making the pitcher pay for those pitches. Unfortunately, it just they don't seem to to be consistent enough with getting ahead in the count. I'm not trying to to bag on this Braves offense that again is top five in baseball. I just think there's areas where they can improve to be better and be more consistent and again making contact putting the ball in play especially with the shift going away i think it's going to be vitally important going forward all right that will do it for this episode of lockdown braves thank you so much to those who joined me here on this thanksgiving evening hope you all had a great thanksgiving and have a great holiday again we'll continue to be here with you throughout the off season things should start picking up news wise next week leading up into the winter meetings which start next weekend i believe two sundays from now december the 4th is when the winter meetings will start so we should see start seeing a lot more movement i think the dansby market won't really pick up until we see what happens with trey turner and carlos correa he's probably waiting to see what happens with those guys as well and i think alex Anthopoulos is just waiting to see what dansby decides to do again i think he's made probably his best final offer to dansby at this point and it's just what else what other offers are out there for Dansby, you know, up to him to go out there and search for his best deal and see what's available to him. And then we'll see if somebody blows him out of the water, then I think he's gone. I think if it's something similar, I think he comes back to Atlanta. So again, I think we'll see a lot of news pick up here uh, over the next week or so. And again, we'll be right here at lockdown Braves to give you all of that information and keep you aware of what's going on. As always, thanks for making Locked On Braves your first listen of the day. For your second listen, go check out Locked On Sports Today podcast where they talk about the biggest stories of the day. I'm sure they'll be talking about all the Thanksgiving NFL games. If you enjoyed those big game recaps and the take 
of the day. You can find that podcast available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast, just like this one. Again, thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves. You can follow me at Shortstop Ball. Please make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. And we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacy Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 